This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. Yes, it is. It's a podcast and you love it. A weekly catch-up with a different executive member each week, talking about what they do, what they have done, and any other exciting things going on at OUSA. It's Executive Chairs. It is Executive Chairs here on the One Radio 191 FM, and right now I'm joined by Michael Evans, academic representative, uh, Morena. Morena, how's it going? Very good, and yourself? Pretty good. Nice. All aboard the Mike Bike, destination (laughs) education. I actually forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) I never forget. Um, It's quite catchy, uh, but great. How are you fitting into the role? How's it going? Um, It's going well. It's been pretty busy, but then certain things with uni sort of just started really kicking off in the past few months. Yeah. So there's been a bit of time to sort of start settling into it as it starts happening but everything's going well yeah it's a lot of meetings but mm-hmm. you know the meetings are always a good time and how's the support from OUSA to help you you know get into the role and, and those on the um, on the executive that have been there before I mean of course your VP was last year's um, uh, academic rep so that helps yeah I mean it's really fantastic having Emily around but also just the exec in general I think yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it was good other years, but from what I've heard, it's a really good vibe this year, and I definitely feel that. So it's really nice to have a wee, a wee family of people all sort of settling into the same stuff and also having people around that know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it is actually a good team this year, and there hasn't been too much. There has been some <laughs> some pretty pretty crazy shit over the years. Um, what exactly does your job entail? What what does an academic representative do? So I suppose the main thing on the service service is that I'm the point of contact for students with academic issues if they want to, if they need support or they want to somehow push that within the university and they need help doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it as well is I'm the main student representative on some crazy number of committees yes. within the university. And then I'm also the main point of contact when academic staff are wanting to introduce a new paper or change a paper or something like that yeah which can be pretty dry but it's pretty important yeah that's right or take take us papers away yes that as well yeah 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 what did they take away recently some radiology thing yeah it was medical imaging yeah something like that a master's but but i think no one ever did it from what i gather there was nobody i think very few people did it which i think is a bit more common for that sort of masters but the issue was something around an international body that had stopped supporting it. Um, so, yeah. unfortunately, the masters that they created was useless. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. It does <laughs> suck. It definitely sucks. Because we need lots of um, people that do that work. Yes. Medical imaging um, staff like radiology and things like that. Uh, they're crying out in the industry. So. Yeah, that is sort of one case where it is very situational and understandable, but it would be really great for them to hopefully form a new agreement and be able to offer something like that again. Yeah, come up with something new. Um, how do you, th- um, looking back, because of course, you know, it's 2021, last year was was 2020, uh, and I haven't really talked to anyone um, around the end of the year um, about how the university kind of handled COVID in terms of giving students the best processes in place uh, well, the best shot at passing, um, you know, and therefore getting what they paid for. How do you think the, the university handled the situation last year? Um, and do you think it do you think it was fair? I think, to be honest, I think certain things were handled well in the sense that it is a multi billion dollar organisation with thousands of employees that did adapt. Mm-hmm. But 
the fact is you're doing something like that it's not going to work for every student and yes. I think a lot of the things around the side even as they ironed out the sort of technical aspects of it were not properly dealt with and I think a lot of that if there is another lockdown could could come to play again I yeah. mean you look a few weeks ago the sort of technical transition to being online was pretty seamless mm-hmm. but I think the problem lies in a lot of the sort of outside processes which are the ones that students are going to interact with more so that's just things around student welfare yeah and i think there's a lot of work to be done there mm-hmm. what that looks like in a very sudden transition to online learning is sort of hard to say yeah but i think there's definitely room for improvement mm-hmm. well and just like working in it within the university system as it was pre-covid wasn't for a uh, fit for everybody the same no. can probably be said for post-covid i mean online learning um you, you you get a lot of people get motivation from just being on campus and in class and in the library and doing those things. But when you take that away and you're in your household, um, just having the ability to open up that laptop and do the work and not necessarily not just being distracted, but it can be quite difficult yep. to get into that mode, right? So was there much support around around that and getting students just you know because. I mean, to, to my to my understanding, no. There was support around, like I said, like technical things. There was support yeah. around, you know, student shipment. Um, students rather were, you know, they were given a router to help them get internet access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was students that were given a, a laptop to help them actually watch the lectures. But, I mean, yeah. In terms of actually supporting students at home, mm-hmm. which admittedly is a lot harder. Yeah. You know, that sort of left a lot of students out in the cold. Yeah, I mean, and those students that couldn't, you know, um, you know necessarily do the work, uh, for whatever reason, did they get some kind of uh, support through the university in terms of what they were going to do this year, a dispensation, um, and maybe like a monetary refund or anything like that? Anything like that happen? To my understanding, no. I think the closest they came to it was doing check-ins of students that signed up for those check-ins. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, now, last year there was a, quite a large dropout rate in first-year health science. Is that a concerning thing for you? Is it something that you're going to look into this year? I think across the board, first-year health science is a funny beast and that it's an absolute number one priority for the university and they obviously want to see it, see it do well. Yeah. And I know that there's been a lot of work within the university about trying to make it more student-focused. Mm-hmm. Which I understand that they they have done a lot of work on, yeah. And probably at least just by the nature of what it is, I think there's a a whole of a lot more work to be done. I don't think it's absolutely in any sense just healthy as a baseline for all these eighteen year olds coming straight out of high school to be putting this pressure on themselves. Yeah. And I think the number one priority for for OUSA across the board on academic issues, but you know, particularly relevant to health science is that we can't really help what goes on for students, you know, at home or at work. But within the university environment, we can try and make that as hospitable and easy and accessible for them as possible. And I think health science is just something that really reflects that and that there's a whole lot of work to be done and the processes that these students go through and the pressure they put themselves under just by default isn't healthy. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's just a lot of work to be done around... Honestly, just smaller things. Things like, you know, assessment weighting, assessment timings, 
and things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it's always going to be competitive, but we can try and make it as good as possible within that reality. Um, What are some of the, you know, uh, some of the priorities for you in this role this year? So there's a few things. One thing is a lot of a lot of people talk about it, but lecture recordings. Mm-hmm. I do believe very strongly that is it would just be a game changer for a lot of students. I know that there is it is going through a very long university process that has recently just been picked up again. Yeah. So I'm sort of hoping that we'll be able to get some traction on it this year. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely a lot of people within the university that are very focused on their own concerns regarding it, which are things like students not engaging, which I. I, I just don't. I just don't believe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, students that are engaged in their learning, by and large, do want to be in a lecture theatre. They do want to be on campus, and when they're not, they're catching up. Yeah, there are students that are not engaged, and that's you know that's a separate problem. But you know, I don't think that you're going to ha- magically have a separate cohort of students that just aren't going to engage because it's recorded. You know, so that's one thing. Another thing is I really want to look into, and this one is a bit early days, but I really want to look into the the relationships that OUSA has with its academic associations in particular. Because at the moment you have a lot of you have a lot of consultation that goes through my position. Yeah. Because lecturers know basically what it is. But while the links sometimes are there between the academic representative and the academic associations, and I you know, I email, but I think the relationship could be tightened a lot more. I also think the relationship between faculties and the academic associations needs to be titled a lot more. Tightened a lot more rather. And ultimately, what I think would be really amazing to see is just close relationships between all those groups. Mm-hmm. So consultation is done directly on a day-to-day basis, and students hopefully will have a much stronger say in their learning. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I can understand some points in terms of recording lectures, but I, you know, isn't it the university's job to give um, students every chance of success? every avenue of success and a recorded lecture is not giving anyone a leg up it's just helping yeah. those students pass I mean that's what I absolutely believe and I, I honestly I do believe that most of the excuses they're not actually student focused a lot of them just come around basically lecturers preferences Yeah, and mm. if that's why you're doing it you're just leaving so many students out in the cold that would really meaningfully benefit from having lecture recordings yeah maybe not for everything because there are situations where it doesn't necessarily make sense yeah but it needs to be the default option for the vast majority of papers and the vast majority of students totally agree totally agree um right so if anyone's having any issues academically on um, campus how, how how do students get in contact with you so the main point of contact is academic at ousa.org.nz. Mm-hmm. Um, for broader issues, it's also just executive at ousa.org.nz. And yeah, 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 very good, very good. Hey, thanks, Mike. Get on your bike. Off you go. Um, thanks for coming in. Sweet. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, you have a wonderful day, and we'll talk again some stage in the year. Uh, once more, no doubt. Sounds fantastic. All right here's. That was a f***ing Radio 1 podcast, mate. There's heaps more at r1.co.nz.